Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jim Duke Perspective Radio. Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Glad to sit here at the right hand of Satan. It is a big idea, a new world order. We are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. News and information, conspiracy, prophecy, signs of the times, biblical insight. Welcome to Jim Duke Perspective Radio. Welcome to Jim Duke Perspective. My special guest today is going to be Laura Maxwell, ex-spiritist involved in the New Age, and she's going to share with us her testimony and her perspective on spiritism, spiritualism, and New Age. My website is jimdukeperspective.com. That's where you can find all my information. Our sponsor is americansurvivalwholesale.com for the finest and long-term food supplies and survival equipment. Stock up and have an emergency uh, supply on hand for when you need it, americansurvivalwholesale.com. My special guest today comes to us all the way from Scotland. She's an ex-spiritist and once involved in the New Age. She's been on several interviews and has a YouTube channel called Laura Maxwell Expiritist. Well, hello, Laura. Thank you for joining us. Well, hello, Jim, and thank you very much for asking. Absolutely. We're looking forward to hearing your insight. So share with us anything you want. Share with us your experience. Yeah, basically, I'd like to emphasize right from the start that in actual fact, my experience um, is very, very common. It's not at all unique. And yet it's a story that you don't often hear, certainly not in in mainstream media. You don't often hear it at all. And yet it's very, very common. So, yeah, basically for years now, um, I've I've spoken on various TV programs and radio and um, some of the satellite TV channels um, have aired it around the world and even other Um, nations in Asia, for example, have um, transcribed it into their language, into Hindi and so on. Um, It's appeared in books and magazines. It's um, even appeared in school books for children across across Australia uh, and New Zealand. And really, um, it's been translated into different languages for magazines. It comes across as a unique story. And often sometimes people will, will interview me and say, wow, that's an amazing story. But to me, I think, well, it's not really because it's extremely, extremely common and it's just that other people um, doesn't seem to get into the media very, very often at all. So basically, um, I was raised in, in Scotland and um, like like most children, I suppose, I was interested in um, ghost stories, supernatural programs on TV and um, my mother, she had actually had some psychic experiences 
in her younger years and so did I but she didn't pursue them really because obviously she'd got married and um, her and my dad were raising me so she put all that on, on the back burner until I was a bit older and she um, was approached in the park one day she was walking the dogs and it was a local medium who approached her and he said to her he recognised that, that she was psychic, clairvoyant, that she had you know, potential and that, that she could do with some training to help her um, improve and invited her to a spiritualist church in Glasgow, Scotland. So around about this time, my mum and dad had recently divorced, so she felt free to really explore um, the paranormal. She didn't do it when they were married because he wasn't interested. So that's what happened. She went to the, the spiritualist church. And basically, that um, set up—it's just like a—it's just like a church. It looks like a church, and there will be the people in leadership are trained mediums, and the congregation. Most of the people who sit in the audience each week are—they would class themselves as spiritualists or New Agers, and they, they go along there and they hear. Um, we—I mean, we would go every Sunday for example, and whatever mediums on the platform would, would give a message probably about, you know, a, a kind of a um, humanitarian message about peace and love and that type of thing. And then they would go into trance maybe or just start to channel spirits. And those spirits would give messages to those of us in the, the congregation. And um, often these spirits would say they were our dead relatives or for example some type of spirit guide some type of spiritual being that knew us and was there to help us on our path to enlightenment to help us develop our psychic gifts and so on and also there would be midweek classes you know psychic development classes classes to help you train in mediumship and they would be called as circles. We would go to these circles. Um, we would also be very much encouraged to partake of yoga and meditation. Meditation and yoga were really, really pushed because, as the mediums would explain it to us, these are practices that very much open you to, to spirits. Um even if a person is only doing them for, for relaxation or, or for gentle exercise, without even knowing it, they are opening doors to spirits. Um, you know, we were told, we, obviously we had, a, we had a library in the Spiritualist Church, lots of New Age kind of books there, and books by yogis and so on, Hindus, Buddhists, quite a range of, of teaching there. And they would all say that, you know, meditation and yoga was um, to open you up to spiritual vibrations and help you gain psychic power. So we certainly got into that. Wow, that's interesting. And, so so um, it sounds like it was set up like yeah. a regular church, like a Christian church, but including yoga. And even mm -hmm. some of the Christian churches unwittingly include yoga into some of their programs today. Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, obviously we were taught... I'm going back to the 80s, 80s and 90s. We were taught um, that, that part of the New Age 
plan, if you like, um, part of the Age of Aquarius, the Enlightenment, um, these later days that, that we are living in. It was all about humanity reaching this place of um, uh, trying to achieve enlightenment so that the whole world would, people of all cultures and all faiths and religions or no religion, would um, begin to do things like meditation, yoga, so on, contact spirits, contact aliens, all in an attempt to really bring about global peace, global harmony, and that to achieve this, we all had to do these kind of practices to um, raise our vibrations, raise our frequencies, and really that this was something that was very much pushed, and we were taught going right back to you know the 1830s, going back to a lot of the the teaching from the the spiritualist and the New Age movement goes back to you can see it um, in the 1830s. There was a movement called Theosophy. And um, one of the leaders of that was Madame Helena Blavatsky. She was a medium. Um, she's called the mother of the New Age. She was a spiritualist. But she was also a self-confessed Luciferian. So she channeled spirits, obviously. Um, and like so many have done right back since time began, people have always tried to contact the dead, as we know, or, or contact other spirits. Um, but interestingly enough, these um, today's counterparts, we see people like Benjamin Krem, David Spangler, Barbara Marks Hubbard. These are mediums who also say that Lucifer is God and that all these powers, all the spiritual powers, whether someone's a spiritualist, a witch, a pagan, a shaman, a channeler, whatever it may be, um, that your spiritual powers and the spiritual experiences you're having are all because of Lucifer, because he is at the very top of the spiritual ladder, as it were, and all other entities and beings are under him, and that he is the light bearer and that he will return to earth in the last days like a messiah-type figure to bring about this peace. So we certainly believed all that because... You know, they would say, for example, the Bible is, is false. Lucifer did not fall and become Satan. That's just Christian, you know, paranoia. He really is um, this saviour from another planet. And basically we were taught, and this has gone back for hundreds of years and even in Freemasonry too, where they believe Lucifer is God. Within the Theosophy movement, whether someone was a New Ager, a spiritualist, a Freemason, whatever, we were all very much encouraged to bring this message worldwide, i.e. through things like yoga and meditation, through simple things like that, to, to bring yoga and meditation into education, into health, into the workplace, into business life, um, because by doing these simple things, it would encourage people to be more open to spirits. And really, as I say, this was what was called the plan. Um, now, some people say, you know, was it as dogmatic as that? Were you really trained to infiltrate and to do that? I personally wasn't trained, per se, to do that, but we were very much encouraged to do that. It was almost like if you were a spiritualist or new ager, that was your mission in life, mm -hmm. to not only raise your own vibrations, but to 
pass this message to anyone you meet, school, college, the workplace, and really um, because this message had to get worldwide. Interestingly, a friend of mine, Carolyn Hamlet, ex-Illuminati member, she was taught um, similarly, and they called it the plan, and it was the Illuminati's plan. And again, you can see the link because obviously they believe Lucifer or Satan is uh, the real God. And they do promote that, right? So I mean, it's, it's unmistaking. Yeah. Um, difference being, you know, as a, a New Ager and a spiritualist, myself and others, we saw Lucifer as an angel of light, um, as a good God, if you like, as a good Messiah type figure. We did not believe um, that, that he was Satan, and so we didn't worship him um, in that way. We didn't consider ourselves to be occultists or into dark magic or Satanism or anything like that. We thought we were quite the opposite. We thought we were the ones bringing light, as it were. But obviously there's there's some Luciferians who feel that way, but there are others who are the darker type or the satanic type who do recognize him as Satan and uh, worship him that way. But interestingly, whether it's the whatever side of the spectrum it is on, they both agree that all the spiritual powers come from Lucifer. Um, and I think when you just look at the Bible and what it says about Lucifer, it all just begins to um, fall into place, what really is going on there. Yeah, it's um, interesting. And the deception that's involved. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, I spoke with a Freemason, 32nd degree, and I mentioned their worship or recognition of Lucifer as the light. And he, of mm -hmm. course, denied it and said, we don't worship the devil. And I said, I know, I know you're doublespeak, and I didn't say you worship the devil, because I know you don't think of Lucifer as the devil. I said you worship Lucifer. And in that, he couldn't mm -hmm. deny it or, or defend it, he just left it alone. Yeah, and I, I suppose, you know, for many people, it, it's hard to, to really see and until until they do reach, you know, 33rd degree or, or above, until they get a, a divine revelation themselves. It's very difficult to see the Christian's point of view. Um, but I think that's why testimonies are important. The Bible does say we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And when people... For example, that gentleman might have listened a bit harder if he'd heard some ex-Freemason testimonies. Or sometimes um, what I find quite useful is people who will say, naturally, because I felt the exact same way when I was a spiritualist, if someone had said to me, your spirits are uh, demons that are deceiving you, I would have thought that person was being ridiculous, mm -hmm. quite honestly. Um, so that's often where some practical, experiential um, test is required before people will, will even begin to, to consider our Christian point of view. And that's why I often say, you know, wh whatever kind of a spiritual belief you hold to, and there's so many, obviously, spiritual beliefs in the world, but if you are in contact with any kind of spiritual being, test it, test it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to show its true identity. Can you explain because why... You... when you do that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, explain why you say Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, just because, you know, there's more than one Jesus, and the Bible even says there will be many false Christs, 
And um, so, so within the world of the supernatural and the paranormal, there will be different spirits that appear and some of them will claim to be Jesus and they'll even claim to be Jesus of the Bible. Some of them, it will be more of a kind of a Christ consciousness type of, of teaching. And whatever spirits come through, when you test them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it's really because you're you're calling on that particular Jesus. You're not just calling on any Jesus, any spirit. You're calling on the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Um, and it's not just that you're using a name or a magic word. You're actually calling on him. And there, there's been people who, for example, Johanna Michelson, she was a famous um, she's a famous preacher who had been a medium. One of her spirit guides claimed to be Jesus Christ mm. and she cha- challenged it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and it showed it was actually a demon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and basically my mother and I were involved in, in spiritualism for years and we went to mid, mid midweek meetings too. Now your mother and invited you or... How did that come about? She she invited me, yeah, because she knew that I was interested in these types of things too and it would be something I would enjoy, so I did. And, you know, they predicted she would become a medium. They predicted I would become a psychic author, a psychic artist, that I was going to write books about spiritualism. None of that happened. And um, so, you know, we just went went there weekly. We went to different new age events and uh, psychic fairs, that type of thing. But we would often hear of sometimes people would run into problems, spiritual problems, and it, it could get really quite dark for some people. But we were assured, you know, your spirit guides are okay. You've got good vibes or you've had good karma. You're not going to attract anything bad to you. Um, you, you guys should be okay, basically. Um. But things started going wrong, and the so-called spirits who had formerly, you know, claimed to be our dead relatives, claimed to be these spirit guides and so on, would begin to tell lies, would begin to get obnoxious, um, would begin to give us information that was not helpful, mm. and even began to attack us physically. Oh, wow. Yep. So this was like, well, what's happening? Uh, we would go back and tell our leaders at the Spiritualist Church and they would try and help, but nothing was helping. It was getting worse and worse. My mother eventually went to the doctor because she couldn't sleep. The spirits were attacking her. They were also trying to come through her whenever they wanted. Instead of sitting in trance deliberately, they would just come through when they wanted to come through and uh, speak through her. So... The doctor obviously asked her, why do you want sleeping pills? And my mother said, because I'm being, you know, harassed by spirits. So the doctor just obviously took the rational um, explanation and said, well, there's no such thing as spirits. And I think you must be schizophrenic. And things had happened like there had been fires. A fire had taken place in the house because my mum was put into trance against her will. She was thrown about the house. She was thrown about the street by spirits. So the doctor said, you know, you're obviously now a danger to yourself and others. So I'll be putting you in psychiatric hospital. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. 
Now, around about this time or a month or so later, I met a Christian at university. I told her um, our situation. She invited me to her her uh, church. It happened to be a Pentecostal-style denomination. And I heard people speaking in tongues, and I felt a presence that I knew I hadn't felt before, and I was very intrigued. And the, the preacher that night obviously spoke about Jesus Christ. So I went home that night and um, now strangely enough that day I had been clearing out, it was springtime, it was just before Easter, I'd been clearing out the house just to take some stuff to a charity shop and one of the items I was about to give away was a Bible. So when I opened the door and came back into into the apartment, I saw this bag at the door with the Bible on top and I thought, you know, perhaps I should have a look at this. So I did, um, I prayed and I asked God if Jesus Christ really is the saviour, if this is true, if um, spiritualism is a deception, then please show me because I'm desperate. My mother's in the psychiatric hospital. I'm still getting attacked by spirits in my apartment. You know, I was just desperate. So I opened the Bible and it was a scripture actually about spiritualism and mediums. And it was a warning. So I was really quite amazed at this and quite taken aback. So the very next day, um, the doorbell rang and it was a Romany gypsy. And I'd known her for years. She would come round the doors but once a year and she would read your palm and, and, you know, predict something. So she came to the door and she said to me that God had sent her, that she had recently given her life to Jesus Christ, that he wanted her to come and tell me that what I'd been involved with was deception and the place I'd been to last night was the right place, the right path, the answer. Hmm. So I was amazed. And it was shortly after that time that I gave my heart to the Lord. Now, that was wonderful, as you can imagine. Mm. And um, I told my mother she wasn't too happy at first, but eventually when she listened to what I had to share. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With us, she realized it was true. She gave her heart to the Lord as well. Oh, great. The, the, the psychiatric hospital saw some improvement in her soul. Naturally, they let her go home. She was discharged. However, her house, her apartment was still full of demons. And I had just joined that that Pentecostal church, but the pastor was a very young pastor. He'd only been doing it a few years. He didn't yet know about the deliverance ministry. He didn't think Christians could have demons or have them in their apartment. He just thought 
once you're a Christian, you're free automatically and that's it. So he didn't believe me or my mother when we explained to him we were still getting attacked by these demons. He thought we were just mentally ill. We were imagining it. Uh, bless him. So we didn't get that help. And I didn't really know anybody else to contact because I was a baby Christian myself. So sadly, my mother continued to be attacked by these by these demons. And much to my dismay, she very tragically committed suicide. Oh, yeah, sorry to hear. Yeah. And again, the thing is, this is not unique. It's common and it's often hidden. It's often not spoken about because people just don't want to, to talk about these things or admit they have these types of problems. There's been so many people have contacted me over the years to say their family members committed suicide because of a similar problem. So basically I left that church and I found one that did have a deliverance ministry that did believe Christians can have a demon and uh, cast demons out me and they cast demons out my mother's apartment and then her apartment was free of demons I was able to sell it without, um, you know, worrying about the new the new tenants. So, you know, I think that really emphasises how important the deliverance ministry is. And sometimes people say, well, once someone becomes a Christian, that's them completely free. Jesus died on the cross. His blood has, has washed away their sins and curses are broken, etc., etc. The person is totally free. Well... Yes, that that is true. Jesus has died for them and washed their, their sins, washed them clean. But you think about it, if a Christian is completely free of demons, that would therefore mean that at the very point of salvation, the very point someone gives their heart to the Lord, those demons must automatically leave, spontaneously leave at the very point of salvation. Now, how many of us have I've been in a situation where someone has got saved or we've been in a church, there's been an altar call, dozens of people have come forward, got saved. Do you ever see a spontaneous um, collective deliverance session taking place? Very rarely. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, yes. Somebody gets saved and they, they start, you know, the demons start screaming out and, and we, we see that sometimes. But more often than not, it's not on the point of salvation. It's It's after. Right. Their salvation. Yeah, when the that. person is getting closer to Jesus, they're, they're getting much closer to him. They're getting further away from things of the world they were involved in, for example. And that's when, and again, we have to seek deliverance as well. It doesn't just happen spontaneously. We have to ask the Lord, repent for things like Ouija boards or whatever we used to do, and then get those demons cast out. And if anybody's in doubt about that, I would give an example from my own life. I've been a Christian now 20 years, and yet, say about five years ago, and I have, um, you know, done deliverances on people as well throughout that time. Um, myself and people I know, casting out demons is not something that we are foreign to. It's something that, that we know needs done. And yet, I was in a deliverance conference myself. Sometimes I go to them and learn, and I was in one and the deliverance minister was casting out demons of Freemasonry. Hmm. Well, I sat there thinking, well, I was never a Freemason. Lo and behold, demons, you know, screamed and came out of me. Why? Because my grandfather was one, and I obviously had inherited that down the ancestral line. I also was set free from demons of yoga. Even though I've been a Christian for 20 years, and even though I've not done yoga for 20 plus years, 
that spirit was still within me had not been cast out simply because I didn't ask. And the Bible does say, ask and you shall receive, or you have not received because you have not asked. And um, so I think that kind of a shows as well just the importance of the deliverance ministry for Christians and obviously for, for non-Christians too that have these have these problems. Yeah, and it's a funny that uh, that it tends to be those of us that have generational, you know, family lines that have brought us in. You know, notice that mm-hmm. it follows along the line. Like I found out later years that my grandmother was a member of the Daughters of the Eastern Star, and I didn't know until her mm-hmm. funeral that she was actually in a coven, because the coven came in, danced around her casket, and left. And there was hardly anybody that really recognized or you know, saw it like they didn't, it didn't strike them. And to me, my eyes were wide open because I wasn't a believer there. I was actually still following the occult at that time. And I saw this and it was like Mm -hmm. all that time, my grandmother used to hint to us and tell us she was a witch and we thought it was a gag. And my father ended up in hypnosis and uh, uh, using uh, mind techniques and stuff. And uh, he, he had books on his bookshelf about Edgar Cayce and I kind of dabbled in that and started looking through that. So it passed on to me. But I had that curiosity like you had. So it's funny how that curiosity mm-hmm. kind of rides with those in that generation. And we, it has to be denounced. It has to be broken. Absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, I had to do that. I, there was quite a few curses and, and demons that uh, I had to be set free from, not just because of my mother's involvement, but turned out, you know, she had a great uncle who... He was the, the leading medium in a spiritualist church, and he was also high up in Freemasonry. So you can see how, you know, he was getting those beliefs about Lucifer from both those schools of thought. That's interesting. And you also mentioned about um, how they uh, you, you went in your congregations and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you said casting spells, but meditating over other people. Now, if that's true, doesn't that mean that if, if New Agers decide to uh, uh, visit a Christian church, that they're possibly trying to do the same thing? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And again, you know, we were taught, and if you look at spiritualist teachings even down through the centuries, especially um, through theosophy, we were all certainly taught to spread our message everywhere, including the Christian churches. We were taught that we, that they were very backward. They were very spiritually not very evolved, and that to to teach the Christians and the Christian denominations this stuff as well, because we would manage to get some of them on board. We would manage to get some of them to believe in in spirits and, and ghosts as well, um, and and to merge in with a well, basically this one world um, interfaith you know, getting together and for global peace. So, yeah, we were taught to do that. And um, it, it was considered really good if, if you managed to invite some Christians along to spiritualist meeting and, and get them involved, definitely. But remember, we did it thinking it was a good thing because we thought Lucifer was, was God and that he was good. We didn't do it um, with bad motives, if you like, but it was obviously the spirits who were telling us lies and were deceiving us thinking we were doing good, thinking we were working for light when we weren't. And those those Christians that you were able to somehow influence, 
Um, what, in your opinion, do you think that they were uh, strong Christians, or do you think perhaps they were not even true believers, or were they weak Christians that happened to take into the deception? I mean, do you have an opinion on that? Personally, I um, never got to that stage where I was, you know, infiltrating churches or anything like it. I think any Christians that I had met back then, I'm not even sure they were true Christians, to be honest. Um, They were perhaps more the nominal type of Christian who just goes to church on a Sunday out of tradition, doesn't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and therefore it's just a form of of empty religion. but yeah, there there would be real born again Christians who who would um, fall for it because they would just think, you know, they would just believe it, end up believing it, and I, I, I do know of of someone many years ago who did turn and got into spiritualism even though she had been born again. I think because the phenomena is so realistic that. If a spirit turns up and starts talking to you, you're naturally you're going to believe it. You're not naturally going to assume it's telling lies and you're not going to challenge it in the name of Jesus Christ because no one's taught you to do that. That's so it the doesn't problem. even cross your mind to challenge it in yeah. the name of Jesus Christ. And I've said this on TV worldwide. People have contacted me to say whether they were a Christian or whether they were a medium or whatever, they did that, and the spirit they were talking to suddenly showed it was actually a demon and not this angel they thought it was or not this dead relative they thought it was. So, you know, yeah, Christians can be deceived, and, and the Bible does tell us that, that they will be. Yeah, we're told to um, test the spirits, and a lot of people avoid that. Um, like you said, they, they they come to Christ, they think they've been delivered, they think the, the cross is is all there is, and that's it, you're done uh, and secured, not realizing mm. the Scriptures tell in various places to put on Christ daily, to have the armor on, Ephesians 6, we often mention that in this sh- in this show, about uh, Ephesians 6, how it says that you will be able to uh, shun the wiles, devices of the devil, which means that he is attacking. Mm. And by having our armor on, we're spiritually prepared to to have our 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 faith and our salvation and our righteousness in check because if we let go if we put our guard down we leave open ourselves to vulnerabilities and not testing those spirits and of course a lot of christians aren't taught the maturity of christ and not taught the word of god uh rightly dividing the truth so they don't really see some of those deceptive abilities that you know we have against us and they think everything's all right mm-hmm. and they don't know enough to test the spirit exactly and and, and sadly you know there, there there are christian churches um worldwide that don't know to test the spirits even though it's biblical and if an angel turns up in the congregation they will automatically just get excited and right. be so open to receive whatever that angel has to say. And yet, that's not what the Bible says. Um, even if an angel gives a false gospel, you know, the, the scripture says, we test it. And um, 
but but Christians are too ready just to assume it's an angel of God and just receive what it has to say. So I would say it doesn't matter if you've been born, born again Christian all your life, if you're a pastor or, or a deliverance minister, doesn't matter if an, a spirit appears to you claiming to be an angel, claiming to be sent from Jesus himself, you've still got to test it in Jesus Christ's name to see if it's true or not. And there have been people who believe that they're being visited from angels or seraphim or cherubim, and they are born again, but they've not tested these spirits, so they're just receiving what they have to say. And often what you notice is after a period of time, not straight away, because obviously they gain your trust, but after a period of time, if this keeps happening, you begin to notice these angels will start bringing in error and um, non-biblical teaching. And they'll start saying things like, you don't really need to read your Bible. That's you being religious. You should you should take this new revelation that we're bringing from God, and et cetera, et cetera. And you can see the way that that ends up heading. And I think, it, you know, it's it's so important to test the spirits. Yeah, everybody's looking for a new revelation, a new movement. And yeah, we do get individual mm-hmm. revelations, but they have to be confirmed. There's a baseline. And of course, the Word of God, the Scriptures are the baseline, as well as fellow mature believers testing us and, and uh, challenging us. And that's why the body of Christ is so important together that we check one another. And that's the difference between, um, I, I would think, that the difference between those of us that have rec- we recognize what's out there, but we also the difference is that we have the the weapons when it does come upon us to hold it back, to fight it back. But we have to be aware, we have to be discerning. But we do have the victory. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people tell me they can't be people can't be demonized, Christians can't be demonized. The difference is is when those darts come at us, when the a demon uh, attempts to break open through a crack. We have the power and the victory in us to cast it off. We don't have the ability. It's Mm -hmm. not like a force field that it doesn't hit us. It's that when it does come at us, we recognize it and we have the ability and the authority to cast it off. Does that sound correct? Well, exactly. And, you know, Jesus encountered the devil. The, The disciples were attacked. As well, in the book of Acts, um, the the disciples cast out demons, and that was after Jesus had died and on the cross and rose again and ascended. They were dealing with 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 demons, um. So yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, some people might say, well, isn't it your imagination or whatever? Well, no, because it is biblical, and it doesn't. In the Bible doesn't specify you can only cast demons out of non-Christians or it's only non-Christians who have demons it doesn't say that at all it doesn't um, specify and the proof is in the pudding if someone is 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 being born again like myself and my mother we were born again and yet we were still being terrorized by the same demons that were attacking us in the occult they had not left us um, until they were literally cast out um, and it I suppose it's like using healing as an analogy. When someone becomes born again, the very moment they're born again, they're not suddenly healed of all the conditions that they've got wrong, all the diseases they've got. They might be healed of something, but generally a Christian um, then goes on to get closer to Jesus, get you know, gets to walking the Christian life, and over time, 
often they'll go to different meetings and be healed of different conditions. They're not healed all at once. Um, so deliverance is similar. It's a process. Interesting. What about ghosts? You know, people say that they're seeing apparitions or ghosts and they think that maybe it's a, a dead relative or something. Yeah, again, um, the answer is test it in Jesus' name because the Bible does explain that demons who are under Satan's control, they can masquerade as if an angel of light. They can pretend to, they can morph their appearance and pretend to look like an angel. They can pretend to look like an alien. They can pretend to look like a fairy or a dead relative. And they can impersonate your dead relative so well simply because they have followed your ancestral line. They saw your they saw your ancestors whilst they were living. They can copy them. They know all the information about them. And again, so many times people have tested the so-called dead gran and it's not been their dead gran after all. It's been this demon in disguise. And um, yeah, so many people have found that to be the case. Also, the Bible does say that once someone is dead, you know, the Bible says they cannot come back and visit the living. Um, the Bible does talk about heaven and hell, and it says that ghosts, basically, they, they cannot come back. There, there is a, a bit in the Bible about the witch of Endor, and when you read that passage, you can see that um, they were actually deceived by this familiar spirit. And it, the Bible says mediums and, and uh, witches and so on, when they do this, they're in contact with familiar spirits. The Hebrew for familiar the Hebrew word for familiar is actually demon. So again, and it goes right back to what we were saying earlier about so many mediums believe Lucifer is God, that all the, the, the supernatural powers, uh, powers of the clairvoyance come from Lucifer. And again, as Christians, we now know that Lucifer is not the angel of light. He really did fall and become Satan. Therefore, all the spirit guides and so on are demons under his uh, under his control. Um, and basically, I just said, if in doubt, check it out, test it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to show its true, true colors. Anything you want to sum up? Yeah, basically, um, to to sum up, someone recently said to me, you know, maybe it's just all about truth, and truth is relative. That's true for you, but it's not true for another person or someone of another faith, um, and so on. So I give a little example. Well. Isn't it interesting then if Christians go along to a New Age fair or a spiritualist meeting somewhere and if they challenge the spirits there in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, suddenly the seance stops, um, the witch or the medium or, or whoever can no longer channel that spirit. You know, that the proof is in the pudding. It's still true to that medium because they don't know yet. But if if the Christian has managed to block those spirits coming through, that kind of a says it all. And often when that has happened at the likes of psychic fairs, the, the mediums or the New Agers have saw, wow, Jesus Christ is real. That was a demon and they have come to Christ. And I have heard testimonies like that. So I would say truth is not relative, that Jesus Christ is the saviour and that he is the truth. Um, and, and yeah, people can get information. They can get my article about testing the spirits on our spiritualquest.com. Yeah, why don't you tell us all the different ways that they can find you? Well, on my blog, our spiritualquest.com, 
they can find me there and, and on that there's links to my Facebook page, Twitter and also the YouTube channel that I've got that, that you mentioned as well. And I like to collect testimonies from people from around the world with different sorts of testimonies, often from a new age or old cult background. So it's not just my own TV or radio shows on there. I do like to collect others' testimonies too. And then it also gives information about my own radio show on Eternal Radio where I interview people for their testimonies. And as I say, a range of ex-New Age, ex-Occult type of testimonies, you can find them on there. Yeah, and that's YouTube, uh, Laura Maxwell, ex-Spiritist. And you can find her there as well as the other places that she mentioned. Laura, I thank you for spending your time with us and explaining this. Thanks so much, Jim, for asking me. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you. There you have it, Laura Maxwell at Laura Maxwell X Spiritist on YouTube. Check her out. My website is jimdukeperspective.com, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>